This is the Proud American Podcast, and I'm your host, Johnny Joey Jones. If you subscribe to our streaming service, Fox Nation, then you might have had a chance to watch my show, Fox Nation Outdoors. FNO is a show that allows me to take proud Americans who are both celebrities and sportsmen on excursions all over the country. We'll go hunting and fishing and exploring in America's many unique game, habitat, hunting techniques, and tools. It's really an amazing experience. Our show is produced by Dorsey Pictures. Ours is just one of many shows they produce in a small town called Castle Rock, Colorado. My friend, CEO and President Chris Dorsey, is an avid sportsman, entrepreneur, conservationist, and proud American who truly loves the world God created for us and has dedicated his time and effort to the work it takes to preserve and enjoy the outdoors. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. J3, just really great to be with you. Well, I'll tell you, I know that, um, you know, just from working with Kevin that, that works for you and works on my show, you're always on an adventure. I feel like you're always somewhere in the world or in the country on a hunt or or doing something productive. I always feel like I'm not doing enough because I know you're so busy. So thanks so much for having the time to talk to us today. Yeah, you know, look, I wouldn't miss it. I, I really have gotten to, to appreciate what you're all about, Joey. And, and as General Boomer said, when we filmed with you guys down at Bray's Island, you're a real inspiration, and you really are. So there's no way I was going to miss this. Well, I, th- I think life is uh, something worth living, in, and I think that's a lot of what you do. How did you become an avid outdoorsman, or or did you do that before it became your profession? You know, I grew up in the in the world of the outdoors. My my older brother, actually, I'm the youngest of nine kids, good Catholic family, and <laughs> uh, my my older brother got me into it. My father hunted a little bit, but but not a lot, and and so. It was really my older brother who had a friend whose father took him and sort of kind of adopted my brother in the outdoor space. And and uh, so subsequently, we all got involved in the outdoors. And, and I've done that. Gosh, I started as basically a bird dog for my brother when I was seven or eight years old, chasing through the, the marshes and swamps of southern Wisconsin. <laughs> and uh, I've kind of worked my way through the, the regiment of the outdoors. But it's it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a passion. I just can't imagine not being an outdoors person. Uh, with with how important it's been to my life, you know, I've been, I've had a chance to go hunting with people who have hunted with you, and and word on the street is you're a you're kind of a crack shot with a shotgun. Is that something that you uh, found out early, or is that something you developed as part of this career? You know, I, I've done a lot of shooting. I guess when you do it as much as I have, you you better develop some kind of proficiency or take up golf. <laughs> uh, I, I don't really have any excuse to not be at least uh, fairly proficient at it, but but I enjoy it and I, I like getting better. And it's a perishable skill shooting, so it's nice to get out and, and keep practicing. And it's a social thing, and I get my boys out all the time. And so for us, it's really a family affair, and and it's been a, a great reward of my life. You know, I I know you as wearing. I guess two or three hats, and we'll try to talk about each of them. But I guess to go back, how how did you turn, you know, being a, a, a sportsman into a into a career or a business, or you know, could you tell us a little bit about how that came to be? Yeah, you know, I've always tried to avoid honest work, and I think uh, that's that's kind of the genesis of. I really <laughs> wanted to do something I love to do and and follow a passion and. And uh, I don't know if it was George Burns or somebody else said, if you if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And and I've really enjoyed this process of, of writing. First, I started as a magazine writer. And even in college, I was doing, you know, uh, columns for the Milwaukee Journal and the Wisconsin State Journal and edited the student newspaper at the University of Wisconsin at Stevens Point and 
and uh, got a biology degree there as well as an English degree and and then really started in the magazine business. I'm, I'm kind of a recovering magazine editor. I edited a lot of different uh, outdoor magazines, including uh, Ducks Unlimited, which is the magazine of the you know 1.1 million member Ducks Unlimited organization and uh, Sports of Field magazine, which is the oldest outdoor magazine in America. So really what I did was just kind of parlay my love of the outdoors into you know, trending media. First, it was magazines. And and then we sort of found that uh, television was emerging at, at that point some 20, 25 years ago, really coming on strong. And I could see advertisers uh, drifting from the magazines looking for television, digital, et cetera, principally television, though, at the time. And uh, and so we created properties around the magazines, television properties around the magazines. And that was kind of the litmus test to say, you know, there's something bigger here. Maybe we should just create our own our own uh, company that that focuses on taking brands into the television space, and uh, and you know some fifty six series later in just the outdoor category, here we are. You know that that's a, we'll get back to this in a minute, but you know you move from magazines to television, and I would assume, and like I said, we'll talk about this later. It's moving from television to another space now, probably in the with the tech companies and social media and, and so much web based platforms, but. You know, I used to work in NASCAR and I saw the same thing there. It was worth less to put, you know, stickers on a race car than it was to put it on Facebook. So that's just, you know, it's, it's pretty neat to hear that you were able to see that coming and move with it from print to television. And, and uh, you know, I'm sure you have a good idea where things are headed. But um, go ahead. Well, I, I wish I did. <laughs> I think I think it's one of those things you, you always wish you kind of moved a little bit sooner than you did. Sure. I, I think in the case of the shift from print into television, that was very organic and and I, I was just sort of on the tip of the spear at the time and really kind of helped the outdoor industry go into television and worked with ESPN and back in the day it was TNN before it became Spike Network before it became Paramount <laughs> uh, you know I mean it's all these networks have evolved so many times OLN you know which has now become then became Versus now is NBC Sports so, you know, it's, yeah. I guess the, the one good thing is, is we've survived a bunch of a different network names over the years. But, but yeah, this whole digital thing, and, and you're obviously very tuned up on that and, and streaming and other platforms, you know, it's, 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 it's evolving so quickly. It's really a, more of a revolution than it is an evolution at this point. So trying to keep track of all that is always a challenge, but we try and do that. We're trying to stay in that space and be relevant in kind of all these platforms and, yeah, you know the you know the drill. It's it's kind of what everybody's playing these days. No, it was it was exciting. You know, I I consider myself a professional novice. I mean, my show, I go and I hunt things I've never hunted using tools I've never used. I've done some bow hunts and I don't even own a bow, so it's been fun for me because and I'm about to because I'm a believer now. But it's been a lot of fun to do this on a streaming platform. And I had um, you know some of your peers in the industry reach out and say, hey. We're, we're really proud to have, uh, you know, something from our industry represented on a major news network. And to be honest with you, I didn't even realize that had never really happened before. And so I would say Dorsey Pictures is kind of still leading, leading the front when it comes to, to where to put this media. Yeah, I mean, look, we're always trying to kind of mainstream. We, we all kind of in the company have a real passion for the outdoors and for conservation. And, and being based in Colorado, it's kind of kind of endemic, kind of organic for us. And uh, so we're always looking for ways to kind of take that that hunter sportsman conservation conservation message to the mainstream and, and to have an ambassador like you 
is is really a gift because you you are incredibly passionate about it. You're articulate, maybe not expert, but you're you're pretty darn proficient, and uh, and you're athletic, and you're able to do a lot of things that that because of your your hand eye coordination, et cetera, uh, allow you to kind of get into the shooting and the archery and. And uh, there aren't many limitations to, to Joey Jones. And, and I, think, I think it's just bringing that, that joy. And I can see it in your face. I can hear it in your voice, people around you. And I think that's really a great way to baptize a lot of folks who don't really know much about hunting and fishing and the lifestyle into that lifestyle. So bravo to you. Well, thank you. And, that, and that's why I wanted you on the podcast today was it was to really, you know, I don't know how much of our audience is into this, but I think the other side of hunting and fishing is conservation. And I think a lot of people can get behind conservation, even if hunting and fishing isn't what they're in it for. And so you're on the board of directors of an organization I've actually known about from my time on the Hill called Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. Could you tell us a little bit about that and what, what role it plays in the, in the conservation effort? Sure. I mean, it's uh, CSF is really a, a highly efficient organization based in DC, but we've got offices all over the country and, and state houses and and so we really work on hunter and, and sportsman advocacy and, and conservation advocacy and working with all the other NGOs and sort of the Camel Coalition, the, the Ducks Unlimited, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Safari Club International. They're all sort of part of the umbrella that CSF works with and, and others. And, and they're very effective working on the Hill with the House and the Senate. It's also the caucus. The, the foundation, of course, is the fundraising money arm of the largest bipartisan caucus of the U.S. Congress. There's north of 300 members, and then there's state caucuses around the country as well. So, so they're highly effective at, at legislation that is promoting really sound conservation management and, and uh, sportsmen's access. And, and so I've enjoyed getting to know Jeff Crane, who's a terrific director over there, you know, the, the head guy, Richard Childress, who you did a show with, as a matter of fact, is is the chief benefactor of, of this organization. And Richard's just a, you talk about a great American. I mean, this is a guy who puts his money where his mouth is and, and uh, you know, really has given a ton to that organization. And and so it creates a voice and, and leadership that's very important and resonates, I think, on the Hill, but also in boardrooms and schoolrooms, et cetera you know, from Main Street to Wall Street in America, and they've been incredibly effective. So I've really enjoyed working with them because they, they punch well above their weight class. It's a very small, very nimble organization, but, uh, but I like that. You know, that's, that's what makes them, I think, extra effective. So it's been rewarding for me to, to spend my time as a volunteer, just helping them do what I can do. No, I agree. Sometimes nimble is, is best. And also, it stops the the kind of the mission from growing too much. You can stay specific to something, and exactly. you know, kind of on that topic of of you know CSF being more of a nonpartisan effort that's involved in politics. From kind of the more partisan perspective, we hear a lot about perhaps the negative effect humans may or may not have on on our planet and the environment. But from the other side, you know, what's the positive effect that that hunters and fishers have on our wildlife and management, conservation, keeping species alive and things like that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, really the genesis of conservation in America, perhaps the world is, is really based on what hunters and anglers have done in the United States in this, this American model of conservation where the private sector said, look, we, we want to help conservation. We want to, we want to provide more habitat and and lands for fish and wildlife therefore we want to impose a tax on ourselves and, and hunters did that 
and it's called the Pittman-Robertson tax, and it's generated billions of dollars. Again, a self-imposed tax, never been done in history. You know, I don't think certainly before, and, and probably not since. Anglers did the same thing, and uh, and so sportsmen have always put their money where their mouth is, and they've really led the charge. And then, of course. In addition to this taxation, it, the, the National Wildlife Refuge System is paid for principally by duck stamp sales, which, you know, anybody who hunts oh, waterfowl wow. in, in America has to buy one of these stamps. And that funding then goes into to perpetuate and manage the National Wildlife Refuge System, which, of course, supports all sorts of species, not just game species, not just ducks and geese for hunting, but hundreds of species, many of which are endangered. And, and then, of course, there's the nonprofit conservation organizations, the Ducks Unlimited, the Delta Waterfowl, the Max McGraw CSF that we talked about and, and Safari Club International, et cetera. There's, there's dozens of them that generate billions of dollars for conservation. And then beyond that, you know, wait, there's more is, is the fact that <laughs> these members pour in billions of their own dollars into private land management. If you're a duck hunter in Louisiana, maybe you flood rice fields and and, and wetlands so that the ducks come down, but so do sandpipers, so do all sorts of other songbirds, neotropicals that are endangered. So it really is something that, that sportsmen, going back to Teddy Roosevelt, right, and, and Gifford Pinshaw, the, the father of forestry, multiple use, sustained yield, you know, Aldo Leopold, all these guys had something in common. They were sportsmen and they had a great voice and they were champions of conservation. So I think we stand on the shoulders of those people and I think we, as you embrace this lifestyle, and you're seeing this as you, you cross the country with these people, Joey, you know, as you embrace this lifestyle, you're part of that. You're part of that legacy. You're part of the future. You're part of adding to the voice of conservation in America. And it's critical. It's especially critical now when less than 4% of the population of the country hunts. So we, 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 fund way beyond our our percentage of the population always have but that leadership is really critical and and uh, so so again bless you for for taking that message out it's important well the opportunity uh was was an amazing gift in my life to be a part of this and and you know i want to take this moment to tell the listeners you don't have to be a hunter or fisher to want to partake in this and conservation and keeping these habitats alive Yes, the selfish side is we do it because we want to be able to hunt them, but you can't hunt something that isn't healthy and vibrant and flourishing. And so it's a, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. And what you can do is you can go online and buy the federal duck stamp or the federal waterfowl stamp. And if you're a collector, you actually get a physical stamp that's got a unique and beautiful painting or portrait on it or picture of a, of a waterfowl in flight or something like that. And I actually... It, like I'm going to buy my stamp every year, whether or not I hunt, I hunt ducks or geese or not, because I, I started collecting it. But that's your way that you can contribute. Even if you don't go out and hunt, it's something you can do. And I would like to encourage everyone to uh, maybe, especially if you have a collector mentality, to go collect those stamps. It's turned into a lot of fun for my son and I. Yeah, I mean, as, as people ask me, what could I do to help conservation? I say, go buy a hunting license, go buy a fishing license and sure. buy the duck stamps. I mean, that's really the most efficient way to, to help. And, and then, of course, give to the conservation organizations and, and support as many as you can. You know, moving on from conservation, because like I said, Chris Dorsey wears many hats. The, the CEO of Dorsey Pictures is more than the host of Sporting Classics. And so you you host your own hunting show. You're a part of the talent roster for Dorsey Pictures. But then moving on from that, outside of the hunting industry, you produce a lot of shows out of Dorsey Pictures that are that are kind of mainstream in, in other areas. You want to tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, it's, you know, we've done a lot of things in sort of the male skewing space. Uh, we do a, we do a lot of things for discovery. We, we do building off the grid on discovery, which actually just premiered uh, two nights ago, the upcoming season we've done building Alaska, I think now for 12 seasons, which, which has been a huge franchise for us. Yeah. Um, you know, main cabin masters is another one that's done incredibly well. I think that's season five or six right now. And, and we did a lot in the tiny house space for HGTV, tiny house, big living, tiny paradise, love yurts, all this kind of stuff. And, and we're, we're also in sort of the crime space, which is a, an interesting genre in television, which has done incredibly well from an audience perspective. And, and so we do a, a series called accident, suicide or murder on oxygen, which is an NBC network. And uh, we've got an IMAX film in production right now that Michael Keaton will narrate on the natural history space in the natural history space. So yeah, kind of a diversified portfolio and, and we just like chasing good stories and, and fun talent. That's awesome. That's, it, it, you know, and that lends credibility when you have such a diversified um, roster there and it really shows that when you bring a hunting show to television, that's, that's top of the line production and it's, it's a true story and, um, and it's something I enjoy being a part of. And so, you know, we've covered some of the things that, that you do. You've got the Congressional Sportsman Foundation, your company, you're a, you're a, um, you know, an avid outdoorsman yourself. Is there anything else about Chris Dorsey we need to know about or, or maybe follow or keep up with? Well, you know, look, I, I like to write. I write a column for Forbes, and it's it's kind of a wide range of different topics. And and a lot of times it's the outdoors. A lot of times it's conservation, conservation organizations. I love giving voice to, in, in fact, uh, there's a column in, in Forbes today, Forbes Online, Forbes.com, on uh, the Rough Grouse Society. And, and it's all about how really helping the environment means cutting trees. We, we got to get away from this notion that, don't cut a tree, save every tree. Well, the reality is forest management is good for wildlife. It's good for the forest. Yeah, save the redwoods, save the Amazon. I get it. But for so much of North America, you know, timber management is good wildlife management. So it's fun to use these these other outlets to kind of give voice to some of these smaller conservation groups. The Bonefish Tarpon Trust did a piece on on their work as well. And then I write I write books and I, I work with Sporting Classics Magazine, which is the best outdoor magazine in existence in my opinion, and uh, just have a new book on international big game hunting. Uh, called Director's Cut, which has got a companion four-hour film, really of the greatest big game hunting around the world, and that's been a great project, and a new one coming in the fishing space called Casting Call, which will be the equivalent of fly fishing around the world with a two-hour film of, of all these different locations. So, you know, this is this is just part of the, the you know, diverse portfolio to make sure I, I don't get bored. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're, you're you know... Uh, like you said in the beginning, if you can make what you love your your career, you're probably not ever going to work. And um, and I'll tell you, it's a it's a blessing to have people like you in my life to mentor me and uh, and allow me to do the things I get to do. And I appreciate you sharing all this with our audience. Happy to do it. Thanks for joining us today. Chris has used his company to not only entertain Americans with the outdoors, but also educate and inspire us to get off the couch and go explore. Rather, it's hunting, fishing, hiking, or simply vacationing under the stars and among the wildlife. Proud Americans all over the country are learning to appreciate and partake in the great outdoors. Thanks to the efforts of Chris Dorsey, his team at Dorsey Pictures, and organizations like the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. To hear more stories like this, visit foxnewspodcast.com and be sure to check back next week for a brand new Proud American Story. 
I'm Johnny Joey Jones, and thank you for listening. Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.